What's up, soccer fans? Mike Guyomi, sons of a pitch, Soccer Central. MLS Week 2 is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. It's in the past. We're going to recap all 14 matchups on this episode, as well as talk about our my winners and losers from the week. And we're going to look ahead at the CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinals coming up in just a couple of days. All right, guys, hit that like button and subscribe, and we'll be right back to get started right after the intro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we had 14 games over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. MLS going MLS, ladies and gentlemen. You know it. MLS, there's always some crazy matchups and crazy results, and this week did not disappoint whatsoever. So we're going to talk a little bit about every single game. I'm also going to give you my winners and losers for the week, and then at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about the CONCACAF Champions League and, of course, we'll touch on the Liga MX disaster that was during, uh, I believe it was on uh, Saturday night in Queretaro against Atlas. We'll touch on that as well. All right, let's get right into the games. First game up is the New England Revolution against FC Dallas. Man, the Revs get it done. Heavy favorites over Dallas, and they barely pull it off. one nothing victory for the Revs. Carlos Heel with a penalty kick. What else can you say? The Revs find a way to get the W. It wasn't the prettiest game. It was not the best game for the Revs. It wasn't the best game for Dallas either. But the Revolution pull it out through Carles's Hill penalty kick, which, depending on you know which way you look at it, eh, it wasn't a penalty. What is it? Not a penalty. Doesn't matter. Carles Hill bags it. And uh, that is that for New England. They get the victory before they head into their CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinal matchup coming up this weekend or this this midweek actually all right so looking at the stats in this one Dallas held possession slightly at 51 percent to almost 52 percent to 48 percent total shots 12 to 10 for Dallas shots on goal though 4-1 for New England the corners a little bit of an edge there for Dallas this was a fairly even game not the best game from New England you might even say the better team didn't win because Dallas on the stat sheet did a little bit better than New England. However, it was a very even matchup, and that penalty will get you every single time. Uh, looking at the lineups in this game, we had uh, pretty much a full-strength squad for the Revs in this one. They did not rest anybody for the midweek. Coming up in CCL, they went for it. Same thing with Dallas. Strong lineup from them as well. And uh, it was a good matchup. I mean, I think this is what we can expect. I expect New England to be a, uh, you know, middle-of-the-pack playoff team in MLS. FC Dallas maybe fighting for a playoff spot in the Western Conference with some additions like Paul Areola, Ferreira on that DP contract. And then, remember, they still have Alan Velasco coming in. So, uh, overall, good matchup in this one, but the Revs get the job done. Next up, Toronto FC's home opener at BMO Field. Oh my God, what a mess Toronto FC looked like in this one. The Red Bulls, holy cow, New York Red Bulls, what the hell is going on with the Red Bulls? 
two victories in two weeks, both on the road and both in dominating fashion. They beat up on San Jose last week in San Jose, and now they beat up on TFC in Toronto. Now, both teams, not not the best teams in MLS, but still, you got to be happy if you're a Red Bull fan. I see you, Red Bull Insider. I know you're excited. And uh, I'll tell you, if I was a Red Bulls fan, I'd be very excited with this team. Lewis Morgan, what a beast. First half hat trick in this one. Aaron Long gets on the score sheet as well. The center back back from injury from last year. Toronto FC's only goal came through Jesus Jimenez in the 35th minute. Kind of pulling him back. It was 2-1 at that point. But then Lewis Morgan said, no, no, no. I'm done here. We're done here. And then Aaron Long before the half. And this game was done at halftime. Look, the stats in this one, it was all New York Red Bulls. Uh, even though the possession was all TFC. So possession for TFC was 68% to 33%, but total shots, 13 for the Red Bulls, only six for TFC, nine shots on goal for New York Red Bulls. That's, that is very impressive. When you look at that nine shots on goal with 32.6% possession, that's insane. That's something that does not happen very often. Uh, TFC obviously has way more passes than the Red Bulls, 643 to 308, but only four shots on goal for TFC out of 67% possession. And, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't the best day for the youngsters at the back. TFC has some serious issues with these wingbacks, and and no, we're not hiding from that as TFC fans. At least I'm not. I know that, uh, you know, they're going to need some help there at these wingback positions. Schaffelberg and Jaquiel Marshall-Ruddy, although very good, talented youngsters, they're wingers, man. That's what they do. I know we're trying to bring them back into that, playing those right-back and left-back positions, um, you know, because of the current situation with having no depth at those positions. But uh, these guys, they're not going to give you as good of a game as they are if they were up on the wings. Now, Luca Petrasso had a very good display for his debut for TFC. Uh, former TFC 2 player, came up through the academy system, another player that TFC is very high on. Uh, but man, this was uh, this was a mess from start to finish. The Red Bulls, though, you look at this roster, right? Not a lot of big names. It really doesn't jump out at you as a team that should be doing really well in MLS. Coronel, the goalkeeper, very, very solid keeper. Nialis and the Nialis brothers at the back. Aaron Long and Tolkien. These are young, young academy products that came up. I mean, even Aaron Long's not young anymore, but man, I mean, Omir Fernandez, Frankie Amaya, Yearwood, Lewis Morgan, Tom Barlow, and Klamala. Klamala looks like a very, very serviceable striker in MLS. Look out for him. Uh, we might be talking about Klamala with a golden boot race if the Red Bulls can keep this up. Reminder, Caden Clark wasn't even in this starting 11, okay? And he's probably one of the best young players the Red Bull have. Brought him back on loan uh, after his move to Red Bull Leipzig. So this Red Bull team has a lot to grow on. I'm excited to see what they do at home against Minnesota, who looks like a very decent West Coast team. Uh, much better than San Jose and, and much better than Toronto FC at present. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. But a great win for the Red Bulls. Horrible loss for TFC. It's going to take time, TFC. Again, I said it in my MLS season preview. I'll say it again now. 
The key is for TFC is just to stay relevant until July when those reinforcements come in, like Insigne, possibly Crescito. He was supposed to come in in March. He's not coming in now. He changed his mind. He wants to stay at Genoa to help them with the relegation battle in Italy. So uh, he's not coming till the summer, if he comes at all. Uh, so, yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting uh, place to be for Toronto FC. But that's enough about that one. Let's move on to Sporting Kansas City against the Houston Dynamo. SKC gets the victory, 1-0 over Houston. Walter with the goal for SKC. And that's all she wrote. 1-0, a low-scoring game, not the uh, not the most exciting game. Sporting Kansas City didn't look great in this one, but looked good enough to deserve the three points. 59% possession to 41 for Sporting Kansas City. Total shots, 15-5. Shots on goal, 5-3. Total passes 553 with an 87.3 passing accuracy. Nice play there from SKC. And this team is always very different at home than they are on the road. You saw them get shellacked by Atlanta United in opening weekend. And then they come home and they're a completely different side. So uh, Kansas City with a good result there over Houston. You want to look at the lineups here. Uh, you've got uh, Daniel Shallowy, Kyrie Shelton, and Johnny Russell up top. Walter, Espinoza, and Hernandez in the midfield. Very serviceable. The defense, that's where I think Sporting Kansas City is going to falter this year, even though they didn't falter against Houston. But again, look at that Houston lineup. Uh, doesn't really throw that many threats at you with Corey Baird, Ferreira, and Pico up top. Not the most uh, not the most dangerous attacking three in MLS, that's for sure. Uh, so, overall, a good result for Sporting Kansas City. Houston Dynamo has a ton of work to do. Uh, this team is not going to be competitive until they bring in some more pieces. Uh, Sterez and Tim Parker. Tim Parker was a very good defender in MLS. He's getting up there in age now. His game has definitely dropped off. So, uh, Houston, work to do. But Sporting Kansas City, good victory for them. Montreal and Philadelphia. This was a story of two halves, ladies and gentlemen. Montreal up 1-0 through Lassie Lapalainen. Controlled the play in the first half. Philadelphia looked like a mess in that first half. Then in the second half, a switch was flicked. Montreal fell apart. And Philadelphia, it was funny, right after Montreal scored a second goal and it was called back by a foul in the midfield, uh, Jordi Mihailovic with a great finish and uh, then that, that goal was called back and that was the switch that flipped. And then all of a sudden, it was all Philly from that moment forward until the red card. But they got two goals in three minutes from Alejandro Bedoya as well as Gazdag. And then Carranza picks up a silly red card and then it switched back to Montreal a little bit, but Montreal could not find the equalizer, and Philadelphia walks uh, on the road and takes a full three points against Montreal. That is a very important three points. An Eastern Conference matchup like that, on the road, that's a big win for Philly after pretty much disappointing against Minnesota at their home opener. So uh, looking at the lineups in this one, Montreal basically full strength. Kone, young kid, looks very good for Montreal. Lots of young talent for this Montreal side. Kamal Miller, Camacho, and Alistair Johnston at the back played well. Sean Air, Torres, Kai, Kai Kamara. Kai Kamara back in MLS. You'd love to see it. Uh, Philadelphia, on the other hand, they had a full-strength lineup. Montreal, it's going to be interesting to see what they do against Cruz Azul in the midweek in the CCL. But uh, Philadelphia, again, lineup, 
still banging a little bit. I don't know if Carranza is the answer up top. Sergio Santos, ugh. But they got it. They got enough done to pull the full three points on the road during this one. So good job to Philadelphia. Quick look at the stats here before we move on. The stats in this one: possession, sixty-six percent to thirty-four percent for Montreal. Total shots, twelve-eight. Shots on goal, five-four. Total passes, five hundred and forty-two to two eighty-seven. It's a game Montreal should have gotten a better result from overall but they lost their head for a few minutes after that goal was called back and that came back to haunt them good job by philly to take advantage of that error by uh well the var callback and uh be able to take that uh take that full three points there san jose columbus crew san jose what a mess oh my god matias almeida doesn't want to be there that's clear then they just all of a sudden, it was uh, it was Columbus came in and continued what they did in week one against Vancouver. First goal, though, a penalty kick by Espinosa. VAR took a look. A very soft penalty, in my opinion. Uh, barely, barely got a piece of them. And uh, for me, that wasn't a clear and obvious error. But it was called. Espinosa buries the penalty kick. Then there was the red card for Jamir, uh, Jamiro Montero of San Jose. And uh, at that point, that's when it started to turn for Columbus. Lucas Zellerayan with two goals, 40th minute and 68th minute. Then again in the 73rd, Zardes with the other one. And uh, all of a sudden, Columbus is up 3-1. You're thinking this game is done and dusted. Columbus is going to walk away with the full three points. Up a man, up two goals, 80th minute plus, And then all of a sudden, a collapse by Columbus. How did they give up two goals in the last 10 minutes of the game to Francisco Calvo and San Jose claws their way back to a 3-3 draw? The last goal right at the death by Calvo. Um, Impressive fight from San Jose. That's all I have to say. Columbus, look, it's still a point on the road. So it's still a good result. Not the end of the world. But for San Jose, that's something to build on there for San Jose. Uh, looking at the stats in this matchup, possession 54-46 for Columbus. Total shots 19 to seven. Shots on goal seven to four. Columbus. This was a game Columbus should have taken the full three points off of San Jose, but credit to them for getting back into it. All right, next up we've got the Chicago Fire against Orlando City. Chicago and Orlando fight to a nil-nil draw. It was not as exciting as the nil-nil draw with Inter-Miami. This was more of a boring matchup. And again, John Donovan will fill you guys in on the podcast side. So YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, guys, download that podcast episode and listen to what John Donovan has to say about the Chicago Fire um, and uh, and their attack that really needs some help. Orlando did score a goal in the 70th minute. It was ruled to be a handball when it was brought down, and therefore the goal was taken away. And it ends 0-0. So with that being said, we're going to take a short sponsor break here on the YouTube side and the podcast side. And then we'll be back to discuss the the rest of the matchups and CCL going forward. Hang tight, guys. We'll be right back. This MLS Weekly Recap is sponsored by Skira, Icelandic spring water, available at your local 7-Eleven. Icelandic for clear, Skira water comes from a spring in a nature preserve in Iceland with naturally low mineral content. This isn't your average water. Clearly, yes, pun intended, 
It's one of the best. Get some Skira today at your local 7-Eleven. And now it's time for our weekly Chicago Fire update brought to you by John Donovan. Take it away, John. Mike, John Donovan here covering the Chicago Fire in the MLS. Really love the job, Mike. Um, Mike, just finished watching the Chicago-Orlando game. Nothing, nothing. Zero, zero. Another tie. But more importantly, Mike, they have played four preseason games and two regular season games, and they have one goal, Mike. One goal. Something has to change in this on this team. Their defense is wonderful. They uh, Olmsberg started again today. It was Olmsberg, Chesnov, uh, Sekalek, and Navarro, and they really played well. Navarro was a bit shaky, but he's got the uh, he's got the speed to camp, to make up for his mistakes. Olmsberg had the best game. He, that I have seen him play, I, he deserves to stay on the field. Um, when Tehran decides to come back and start playing again, he does not deserve a spot on the field. Um, very impressed with Olmsberg. In the midfield, Jimenez, I mean, had a all right game in the first half. Second half, he did a bit better. But Pineda, they got a stud there, Mike. Honest to Lord. You know, when they moved him back to fullback last year, he, he played well. Steady, but at, as a defensive midfielder, this guy is good. Um, I hope the fire, I really hope that Ezra realizes that he's got a stud in that position. Um, he, he had some beautiful passes, but the guy keeps going. He runs the whole 90. So really wonderful to watch him. Shakira, Mike, I've watched him now pretty intensely for two games. And, you know, what the announcer said was he hasn't gone 90 minutes in a game since 2018. So, you know, his his stamina is not that year for, there for this kind of uh, running that he does. He wasn't fouled quite as much as he did, was in the Miami game, but he didn't create any chances. At the very end, he had one shot across into Brian Gutierrez and, it was the one play that the fire could have scored on, and Gutierrez was a bit high with his header. Um, how, you know, how impressed am I with Gutierrez? A lot. Herber started uh, the game, and, you know, he seems to be out of sorts a little bit. He got a yellow card that was kind of a stupid yellow card. Um, and, he, you know, his attitude is, is a little bit different than it has been in the past. I mean, in the past, he's been able to just go the whole 90. He does not seem to be able to do that right now. So I'm certainly glad we got Brian Gutierrez. He's really a good player. I think he deserves to start in the future. Um, Slonina, Mike, the kid can play, and he's only 17 years old. I mean, he is a definite U.S. goalie in the future. He's tall. He's aggressive. He's smart. Um, Orlando scored on a play, and I think the ref was going to let the score go. Slonina pointed out a very uh, tricky-to-see handball on Orlando. And then when they finally went to uh, the TV, they found that, indeed, it was a handball. So they wiped out the score. That's the second week in a row that, I think it's VAR is the name of it, has wiped out the competition score. So the Fire are very lucky. But there is one part. Now, i got to talk about this in depth, Mike. Their offense, even with Shakira, is almost non-existent. I mean, we went almost the first half. I think it was the first half, no shots on goal. Um, Shakira or Shabilko 
was that, you know, he had three good years with the union, but there was a reason that union wasn't going to re-sign him. And the fire came in and gave him a three-year contract. And he really has not done much, Mike. Think of it. He's a, he's a center forward. He's big, tall. He has quite a few goals in the past, but he was with a team that knew had to feed him. The fire don't. They don't have wingers. Um, so, you know, he's kind of a man out there all by himself, and it's just not working. One other thing, too, that, that I really have to question, um, you know, Ezra is a new coach. Is he reacting to the weaknesses on the field quick enough? I don't think so. I mean, they, they literally, their offense was dying. Um, no shots on goal. Things were just not going well. And it took him to the 73rd minute to put in Duran, this uh, shooting machine from, uh, from Colombia. You know, he gets a lot of yellow cards. They've got to clean that up on him. But he will shoot. He will go to goal. He's fast. I mean, it's exactly what they need. And they need him to play. Um, you can't start a, a guy that's not spreading the field with Ivanov. You just can't start him up front. Maybe Ivanov off the bench when the other players are tired. But um, he just is not creating up there. And it, 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 him with Shakira, with Shabilko, I'm sorry, is just not happening. And then Shakira has nothing to work with up front. So, you know, their offense is grim and they've got to do something about it. And Ezra has to realize in a game, this is his job. He's got to put people on the floor that are going to create opportunities. And right now, defense looks great. Uh, defensive midfielders, Jimenez is a little bit shaky, but with Pineda, they're really good. I mean, he's a good player, so they can stop the goals, but they don't seem to be able to score goals. Um, you know, it it uh, they're going to D.C. next week. D.C. is a well-coached squad. They I don't know what they did today. I'll obviously know about that soon. But um, the fire, just, you know, they had a nice crowd there. It looked like about 18,000 people, which, you know, that's a good crowd for Chicago. But, you know, this is the year – They've got to make it. They, baseball doesn't seem to be coming back. So the sport of the summer is the fire. And, you know, no one wants them to do better than me or you, Mike, or people that are fans of the MLS. So hopefully he can make some adjustments on that offense for next week's game. Start Duran rather than Ivanov. Um, you know, they've got a lot of uh, homegrown guys, too. They're forward. So bring somebody up to create. One goal in six games, Mike, that is just not doing it for a team, Chicago, that's trying to make, you know, make good moves. Um, Heinz, you know, you got to do something. I know this kid Torres is coming up from Mexico, but a good offense perhaps would be Duran and Torres coming up and Shabilko coming off the bench because he is not creating it right now, Mike. Um, what I would do, it's kind of funny what I would do for Shabilko, every air ball, he seemed to be underneath the ball. The ball would go right over his head. Um, every kid in the United States has played catch with their fathers and their buddies. We don't miss balls on that. Literally, get him a ball and start working with the trajectory of the ball. And the second thing, Mike, his trapping is just horrible. I mean, he tried to trap balls today, and they were all seven, eight feet from him after he tried to trap it. And the other team would just pick it up and take off. So... You know, we've got a very weak offense, and he's got to make some changes if he plans on this team doing well this year, Mike. That's about it. Looking forward to the D.C. game next week. Hopefully Ezra learns that he's got to make the changes that are necessary during the game. 
Have a good night, Mike. Take care. Thanks for that Chicago Fire update, John. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, let's get into the schedule for the live stream reactions coming up this week. First up, during the midweek, we've got the Revs and Pumas in CCL action. Can't wait to see how the Revs look in CCL action against the League MX side. That's going to be a fun one to watch, so make sure you are with us for that one. Next up, Chivas against Club America. A little Liga MX action for you guys. Uh, thank you, Ramon Pablano, for uh, for buying this live. And uh, that is why we are doing Liga MX right now. This weekend on Saturday, Chivas, Club America, the El Clasico. Can't wait for that matchup as well. And then on Sunday, Atlanta United against Charlotte FC. This is a budding rivalry, guys. I can't wait to watch this game on Sunday. Atlanta up against expansion side Charlotte. Atlanta coming off a rough loss this week. Charlotte opened up that beautiful stadium. What a scene it was. We were live for that one as well. Can't wait to do this one live as well with you guys. So there's the schedule for the week on the lives. We'll see you guys there. Make sure you've got that bell turned on so you don't miss our live stream reactions and hangouts because the party was popping this weekend, that's for sure. All right, next up, Cincinnati and D.C. United. God, Cincinnati, man, how, how do they continue to just get their hearts crushed in MLS play? This team is a nightmare, a complete nightmare. DC United gets a late, late goal after a red card. Nyman gets a red card. You're thinking Cincinnati's going to get at least a draw here, if not find a winner. And no, it's Ola Kamara from the spot in the 98th minute and Cincinnati's hearts are broken once again. A horrible performance against Austin last week in opening weekend, losing 5-0, and then they lose at the death to D.C. United. Possession in this one fairly even. Total shots, 16-10 for Cincinnati. Six shots on goal for Cincinnati, four for D.C. United. Passing, very, very similar, 358-366, to a small edge there for D.C., The passing accuracy, 75% for both squads. That is rough, guys. That's really rough. Uh, Not a good number for either one of these these squads. Look at these lineups, all right? So these are are not the best lineups in the world. Cincinnati, when is it going to turn for them? When are they going to start bringing in some serious talent into this squad? Up front, they've got Baji and Vasquez. Baji is a serviceable MLS veteran, but he's going to get you maybe seven, eight goals in a season. He's not going to tear up the league. Brandon Vasquez, he came up through Atlanta's system. Supposedly, he's got some talent. He's got some potential, but he hasn't quite lived up to it. In this game, he missed a lot of opportunities. He had, he had a few chances. Could not finish. The midfield, Lucho Acosta as the number 10. Very good player. No, no issues there whatsoever. But Gaddis and Alvis Powell as kind of those wingbacks playing as midfield positions, uh, you need to upgrade there. That's not going to be good enough in MLS. Kubo and Moreno, still. They, they, Kubo's been now with the team for a few years, hasn't really lived up to expectations. This team's struggling. Alec can in goal. I mean, you got to do better, Cincinnati. You got to do better. You look at the bench for Cincy and Brenner, they're big time sighting on the bench. Why is Brenner on the bench? 
Maybe it's training. Maybe it's attitude. I don't know. But they've got to do better. Cincinnati, I feel for these fans. I really do. DC United, on the other hand, decent lineup. They still could improve for sure. Uh, But I think a a team that's going to fight for a playoff spot. So there you have it, Cincy with the uh, with with the heartbreaker, and and God bless you, Cincinnati fans. I feel for you, and as a TFC fan, I understand what it feels like to go through this hell when your team starts uh, as as a team in MLS, and uh, hopefully it doesn't last as long as it did for Toronto FC. All right, moving along, Colorado Rapids and Atlanta United. This is probably the surprise of the weekend in MLS, at least in my opinion. Atlanta. Came off a good win over Sporting Kansas City last week at home. Now they travel to go on the road against Colorado, who really struggled. They remember they're out of CCL already, losing to Communicaciones. They got blown out by LAFC. They go home and they lay the beat down on Atlanta United. 3-0 Colorado. Diego Rubio, Jonathan Lewis, and Shinya Shiki with the goals for Colorado. A red card to Miles Robinson for Atlanta at the 86th minute. Game was already over. It was 2 nothing. Then Colorado added the third right after. But uh, Rapids get on the the win, the win column. They got that first win of the season. And uh, Atlanta, woo, did not look good in this game. Did not look good at all. Let's take a look at the stats in this matchup. Possession, 63.5% for Atlanta, 36.5% for Colorado. Total shots, 12-9 for Atlanta. Shots on goal, 4-3. Total passes 505 for Atlanta and 85% passing accuracy to only 70% for Colorado. I can't remember a time where I've seen a passing accuracy stat that lopsided and the team that was on the bottom end of that ended up blowing out the other side. Uh, So impressive work there from Colorado. Robin Fraser, that team is good. They have a lot of good pieces. I don't expect them to make the playoffs. People are calling them frauds. They look like frauds the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, But maybe this will take them off the fraud train for right now. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. But Atlanta coming up against Charlotte next week at the Benz, which we'll be live for, which I just mentioned. Uh, We'll see what uh, what they look like going forward here. But a rough game for Atlanta, one they will definitely want to forget. Next up, Minnesota United against Nashville SC. CJ Sapong in the fifth minute. Gives Nashville the early lead. Minnesota fights back, gets the draw. Hassani Dotson with a beautiful follow-up, a beautiful follow-up on his own shot, gets it into the back of the net, and Minnesota with the draw at home against Nashville. I picked the draw on this one. Nashville, when they go on the road, man, they just know how to get results and get points. Minnesota, good job by them to at least get back into the game. Nashville, God, this team is good, man. They don't have a ton of players that jump out at you that say, wow, this team is going to go win the league, but they've got so much good talent that plays so well together with that coaching system by Gary Smith. Look at this lineup. I mean, it it doesn't scream out to you. Joe Willis in goal, Miller, Zimmerman, Robney, and Lovitz at the back. Walker Zimmerman, best, one of the best defenders in MLS, if not the best. Dax McCarty, Sean Davis, Anibal Godoy, Randall Leal in the midfield. These aren't huge name guys. Leal, very good player. Um, Hani Mukhtar and CJ Sapong. I don't know why I'm so high on this Nashville team when you look at the lineup. This team figures out ways to get results. They, that's just what they do. Minnesota, on the other hand, Tyler Miller in goal. DeBossi, Coleman, Boxall, and Fisher at the back. Trap and Dotson in the two defensive mid positions. Fregapane. 
Reynoso and Lode in those three offensive mid positions with Luis Amaria up top. A good lineup for Minnesota. This is a team that's going to fight for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. I uh, was a little bit down on them in the season previews, but they've looked okay now after back-to-back draws to start out the season. One on the road, one at home against one of the better teams in MLS. So uh, overall, good result for both sides. Both teams will be happy with that. Possession 55% to 45% for Minnesota. Total shots 14 to 12. Shots on goal 4 to 2 for Minnesota. Uh, and then your uh, your total passes, the slight edge there with the possession edge for Minnesota. But uh, overall, good result for both sides. I think they'll both be happy with that. Real Salt Lake and the Seattle Sounders. The Sounders subbing out some players there in the uh, second half for uh, for their CCL matchup against Club Lyon coming up this midweek. Salt Lake, there was a huge, a two-hour-plus delay in this one uh, when, uh, when Salt Lake... <clears throat> Uh, had some nasty weather there. One nothing. RSL gets the victory. Bobby Wood. Yes, Bobby Wood with the goal in the 46th minute. And that was all she wrote. Not the most exciting game in the world. Had that big, long delay in the middle of it. But RSL finds a way to beat the Seattle Sounders. And, uh, man, Seattle, two losses to start the year. I just want to uh, I just want to kind of put this out there for a second. How many of you guys had Seattle on zero points through two weeks and the Red Bulls on six points with through two weeks, both on the road? If anybody predicted that, come talk to me because I need your help in predicting some of these games because that is just crazy. Absolutely insane. All right, moving along. Vancouver and New York City 0-0 draw. New York City will feel frustrated by this draw. They had the, the most of the chances in this one from watching the highlights. Couple chances for Vancouver, but uh, neither team could find the back of the net. Stats in this one are as follows. Huge possession to New York City. 70% to 30% for NYCFC. Total shots 19 to 10, but only four shots on goal for New York City to one for Vancouver. Total passes, 636 to 267, 86.5% passing accuracy from New York City in those beautiful Volt kits. And, uh, man, this is a game New York City really wants more from. It's hard to travel out to the West Coast, then back, and you got the midweek game against Communicaciones coming up in CCL. But, man, this is a game they really probably should have... Uh, should have felt like they were going to get three points out of this matchup. I thought they should have gotten the full three points. But uh, overall, it's a draw on the road. You can't be upset with that. New York City, it's going to be a long season. Their focus right now is on CCL. So uh, you know what it is, what it is. Vancouver, disappointment from them. They don't look that good. Dahomey, Gold, uh, Gold. They, they look okay, but they're not looking that strong. I, I, I want to see. I don't think Vancouver is going to do much this season. I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really not impressed with what I've seen so far. And uh, they really haven't capitalized on that momentum that they had at the end of last season, coming into this season. It's been a slow start for them, getting blown out in Columbus, and then really getting blown out at home by New York City, but still ending up with a draw because New York City just could not finish those chances that they had. All right, moving to the next one. This was the game we were live for. What a scene it was in Charlotte. LA Galaxy pull out a late winner. Efrain Alvarez with a freaking galazzo, man. A great shot 
from Efrain Alvarez to break the hearts of 74,479, I believe it was. Um, there were a few LA Galaxy fans in attendance. We did see those guys there. They showed them on the Fox broadcast for sure. But uh, what an atmosphere there in Charlotte. Will it continue? That's the key. Will it continue? Will they continue to sell out damn near every game? Or will it start to fade out? Charlotte, a work in progress. No doubt about that. But they played well in this game to hang with the Galaxy and uh, to be able to only lose at a one nothing scoreline. A lot of people had the scoreline being a lot more than that. Uh, you look at this team, Christian Fuchs, McCoon, and Carujo at the back. Those three backs, they look decent. Doesn't look bad. Kalina looked pretty solid in goal. Mora and Lindsay on the wings, decent players. Uh, Ortiz, Bronico, and Franco in those midfield spots. That's, I think, their weak spot for this team. Uh, and then Svoderski and Reyna up top. Svoderski, that man, all he does is whine. I was not impressed with this guy's MLS debut. He spent more time on the ground and more time standing next to the referee, barking his ear off, than he did playing the game of soccer. Get out there, use that energy, Swiderski. Instead of whining and complaining, use that energy to go score some goals, and it'll turn things around for you and your squad very quickly, at least I think so. Uh, but for LA Galaxy... They look good. They, uh, they, you know, standard lineup for them. Same as what they had last week in their win against New York City at home. Araujo, Koulibaly, Depew, and Edwards at the back. Vasquez, Delgado, Ravellison, and Douglas Costa with Cabral and Chicharito up top. Somehow Chicharito did not find the, the back of the net. He had a lot of good chances in this one. A lot of good chances. Uh, stats in this game, we've got... Possession, 50-50, damn near. 50.6 for LA Galaxy, 49.4 for Charlotte, but it was very even. But now the shots, the total shots, 21-5 to for LA Galaxy. There's the discrepancy. That's what shows me it was all LA in this game. Shots on goal, 6-3 to for LA Galaxy. Total passes was 478-467. to Both teams with good passing accuracy numbers over 80%, but LA Galaxy gets the victory over Charlotte, breaking those hearts, but man, well done, Charlotte. Well done. Great atmosphere. Lots of fans in the building. I hope it continues. I'm glad to see these new expansion sides looking good and bringing that heat to MLS because it's squads like this. It's ownership groups like this. It's fans like this that will continue to help the league to grow by the league opening up that salary cap more, getting more money for these teams. Get the small market teams out of there. If you don't want to spend, you don't want to spend the money and get up with the big boys, then go home. There's plenty of other markets that will show up like Charlotte that will get up and 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 turn this league into an unbelievable league with atmospheres like we saw there in this one. All right, next off, moving to the Sunday games. Before we do that, guys, check out our membership options down below the little blue join button next to the subscribe button. Check it out if you're on an Android phone or your computer. If you're on an iPhone, you got to go onto a computer, find the page, and then you'll be able to join up that way. Then when you log back into your iPhone, all those perks will be right back for you. First team starter comes in, loyalty badges, custom emojis. We put the teams that we're doing live in the in the uh, emojis so that you can... Uh, you can use those teams during those watch-along reaction hangouts there and uh, get your name in the scroll below me as well. Next up, the designated player option. All those perks plus your name in the description and 20% off of Sons of a Pitch soccer merchandise, $4.99 a month. Then for the sports bettors, the all-star package. All those awesome perks, your emojis, your loyalty badges, name in the scroll, name in the description, 20% off SOP merch, and 
you get access to my one weekly video that's going to give you my over-under picks, my prop bet picks as in a player to score in every matchup, as well as my parlay pick for the week. You want to make some money with us? Jump on that All-Star membership today. Thanks to the eight or nine All-Star members we got right now, we keep on growing, we keep on getting better, and we keep on making more money. So join today, guys. Hit that little blue join button down below. All right, last two games up of the week. We've got Austin FC and Inter-Miami. A beatdown by Austin FC again at home at Q2 Stadium. They whooped up Cincinnati 5-0. They whoop up Inter-Miami 5-1. Ten goals in two games for Austin. Druisi with the double. Cascante and Ethan Finley with the brace as well. Campania hits the back of the net for Miami. I talked about his finishing issues against Chicago. He at least gets it into the back of the net, but... By this time, it was already 3-0 Austin. This game was pretty much done and dusted at that point. And, uh, oh, Miami. Inter Miami. Wow, what? This team, a mess. They can't seem to get it right. Kind of like Cincinnati. Can't seem to figure it out. Now, Austin, on the other hand, one of the hottest teams in MLS. Right there with the Red Bulls. Again, uh, Bob from I-80 Sports put out a tweet. Who had on their bingo card Austin and Red Bulls being the two best teams in the league after two weeks? Not me. I didn't. Did anybody? I don't think so. Because if you did, you, I don't know how you could have. I don't know how you could have. Because nobody saw this coming. Now, the only question mark for Austin FC is, will they be able to continue this? Yes, both games were at home. Austin is a much different team at home than they are on the road. Plus, they played Cincinnati and Miami. Two of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference, if not all of MLS. So, Take these results with a grain of salt, Austin fans. Enjoy it. You're riding high. The team looks great. I underestimated Austin. I did. I'll be the first to admit that. But let's see if they can keep this rolling. Let's see if they can start pulling off some results on the road. See if they can beat a team from the West Coast like a Portland, like a Seattle, like an LAFC, like a, you know, one of the better teams in the Western Conference or even in the Eastern Conference. Can they beat a New England? Can they beat a... NYCFC, right? Let's let's hold the judgment here with Austin. Let's not go too crazy with them until they start putting up those type of results. Stats in this one, a complete domination by Austin, 59% to 41% in possession. Total shots though, Miami 13 to 8. Shots on goal 6 apiece. Total passes more for Austin by a good amount. Passing accuracy 86.3% for Austin. But man, uh, the, the total shots, impressive from Miami, but you got to be able to finish. And that's what they're struggling with. Gonzalo Higuain looks out of place to me uh, as as trying to kind of play that hybrid role between the 10 and as a striker. Um, he's got to pick one and go with it. Campagna, yes, he found the back of the net, but uh, the man's got to up his finishing for sure, for sure. So overall, great result for Austin. Get on the train, get on the hype train with those guys, but be cautious and enter Miami, God bless you. Got to continue that work. Now, to the last game of the week, LAFC against Portland. A 1-1 draw. Mamadou fall, and Bakke gets the goal for LAFC to tie it up in the 93rd minute after a red card to Portland's Bravo. Uh, Portland, man, they thought they were going to get the result here. I thought they were going to get the result in this game. Jimmy Chara in the 18th minute. Another freaking bicycle kick goal. That's back-to-back -back weeks for this man. Are you kidding me? Jimmy Chara, come on, bro. You can, you can shoot the ball 
normal and score goals that way too. You don't have to make highlight real goals every single week, okay? But damn, what a result for Portland, though, on the road at LAFC. But they're going to feel disappointed they didn't get the full three points. If It's one of those draws that feels more like a loss because your team was up going into the last few minutes of the game. But uh, great game between these two teams, two teams that look very good in the Western Conference. LAFC, I feel like they're back. Uh, Portland, they didn't go anywhere. I think they're going to be a team to reckon with in the Western Conference. Total possession, though, 68-32 to 32 for LAFC. Total shots, 25-10. to 10. Shots on goal, though, 6-4. Look at that passing accuracy for Portland. 67.8% passing accuracy to 84.1% for LAFC. LAFC was, uh, was balling. Portland, not so much. But Portland still almost had the three points. This team figures out ways to win. Gio Savarese has a good group of guys that know how to fight and know how to pull out results, especially on the road. They beat LAFC last year at the bank. They came close to doing it again this year. Good result, though. An even result, so to say, for uh, for this one, even though LAFC kind of dominated here and uh, end up getting the draw and get that one point when they thought they weren't going to get anything. So there you go. There's all of our games. Now let's look ahead to, uh, well, actually, we'll talk winners and losers first. So my winners, number one, Charlotte FC's fans. Man, y'all showed up. A great atmosphere there at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Love to see it, man. It was beautiful. Very excited to see what the future holds for Charlotte FC. Another winner, Austin and the New York Red Bulls, number two and three, guys. How can you not? Austin and the Red Bulls both on six points. Austin doing both at home against bad teams. Red Bulls doing both on the road against bad teams. We'll see if those can continue. But those are my winners for the week. Now, the losers, Toronto FC. Bad result. Never was in the game against the Red Bulls. And then the Mimo Crescito news where he changed his mind about coming immediately and he's going to stay back in Genoa to help them with that relegation battle. Um, he might not even come at all. So that's bad news for TFC. They're a loser in my book. Enter Miami as well. They can't seem to figure it out. Phil Neville's not the guy. I'm going to tell you that right now. I've said it for a long time. I didn't like it when they hired him. They've got to bring in a good coach that understands MLS a little bit better. And then Atlanta United. Not pretty in Colorado. Not pretty at all. So there you go. There's my losers and my winners. Let's look ahead to the CCL quarterfinals coming up here in the midweek. Before we wrap up this episode, if you guys haven't done it yet, hit that like button down below. All right? Just do it. Get on with it. All right. New York City and Communicaciones at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time tomorrow. Tuesday night, March 8th. New York City. Got to pull off a result here at home. Got to pull off the result. Got to go down to Guatemala with a nice lead. Can't give up any away goals either. Going to be an interesting game, but I think New York City has what it takes. I think New York City wins this one fairly easily. Uh, I'm going to go maybe 2-0 two, two New York City as my prediction here. Now, Seattle and Club Leon from Lumen Field also tomorrow night. This is going to be a hell of a matchup. I think uh, Leon's form is good. Seattle's form, not so much. Uh, but I think it's going to be a good game. I'm expecting a draw. I'm going to go 1-1 draw in this matchup, uh, and then hopefully Seattle can do something against Lyon on the return leg in Mexico, which I'm going to guess will be behind closed doors. Um, and, and I guess this is a good time to talk about that, what happened there in uh, Queretaro. 
Uh, horrible, horrible scenes in Queretaro and Atlas. Uh, the fans invading the pitch, the violence, the fighting. Reports of 17 dead now are being conflicted. They're not confirmed. Um, I don't know if there was any deaths. If there was, that's despicable. Uh, but, man, this, something's got to be done in Liga MX. Uh, these Mexican fans get... It, it, that's out of hand. That's unacceptable. Uh, I, I'm disappointed. There, there's no place for that in soccer. You should be able to go to a game and feel safe going to a game to support your team. Um uh, very, very disgusting what happened there. I condemn it, and uh, hopefully we'll never see anything like that again, especially not in League MX. You hear about these in small third-world-type countries um, and some South American countries like, you know, Dave, some of the bigger ones. But uh, very, very disappointing to see, and I uh, hope League MX, I hope CONCACAF, I hope FIFA comes down very, very hard on those teams and uh, and and and. Possibly the Mexican Federation, but I, I don't see any issues with the national team or anything like that. You don't you don't take that out on everybody because some fans acted a fool. But there have been all those homophobic chants and all that kind of stuff. So Liga MX in Mexico, they, they need to figure out their life down there. They need to figure it out. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not the one to provide those answers, but uh, I hope we never see that kind of stuff again. All right, the last two games on Wednesday, March 9th, we've got New England and Pumas. Again, we'll be live for that one. New England, can they get off on the right foot against Pumas? These Liga MX MLS matchups are always great. I think New England's going to get it done at home. I think they get a result against Pumas. I'm going to go with a 2-1 victory for New England. Uh, but, man, New England, I hope they do better. They play better than they did against Dallas. Because if they don't, Pumas is going to walk out of there with a couple of away goals and a first-leg win. Lastly, Cruz Azul against CF Montreal. This one should be fun as well. Cruz Azul, um, a good team. Montreal, a very good team as well. They played well against Philly, albeit losing um, at the Olympic Stadium. This one, they've got to go to the Azteca. Just like Forge did, I expect them to have a little bit better of a game than Forge did because there's a lot more talent on that Montreal side than on Forge. Uh, so it'll be a good one to watch. Hopefully Montreal can pull an away goal or two and uh, and make the second leg interesting. So my prediction in this one, I think it's going to be a 2-1 victory for Cruz Azul over Montreal. I just don't know if Montreal has what it takes to get it done against a team like Cruz Azul. So there you go. There's our preview on the midweek games. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be live for that game. Uh, the, uh, the game New England against Pumas on that wonderful Wednesday night at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. Then... After that, we'll be live for the Chivas and Club America matchup on Saturday night. Thank you, Ramon, for uh, for purchasing that game there with that ten dollars super chat. I got you, bro. And uh, come hang out. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some uh, some League MX here during that live. Then on Sunday, Atlanta United against Charlotte FC, the budding rivalry in the South. Can't wait for this matchup. MBS better be rocking. I think it will be. They're going to show those Charlotte fans, hey, we still got a hell of a fan base here in Atlanta as well. So there you have it, guys. There's our weekly recap. Make sure you're watching out tomorrow night, same time, same channel, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, tomorrow night for my picks and predictions. And uh, we'll see you guys then. Have a great night, everybody. Peace.